Ladies and gentlemen, this show is brought to you exclusively by the Reality Check Podcast Network. Fascinated by the world of strange, or perhaps like to gather in those dimly lit corners and converse with those individuals who may not walk to the beat of this world's drum, then step across the threshold that leads to the room under the stairs. Hey everybody, this is Stan Wangland, and I am one of your co-hosts for the people under the stairs. How the heck is everybody doing today? I'm going to be joined along with you uh, with my wonderful co-host, Paul James Caden, in just a moment. I just wanted to thank his lovely wife and my niece, Dorothy Jones, for filling in for the last show when I was feeling a little bit under the weather. But Paul and I are back together again. And just like Donald Trump and Nancy Pelosi, we are here to entertain and enlighten you from many perspectives. So, Paul, this is the state of disunion here on the people under the stairs. The question tonight is, is Donald Trump the devil? Hmm. Well, a lot of people think so. And, uh, you know, I. I wanted to do this show. I, I covered, uh, you know, some thoughts on this on the spirit side. If people want to mm-hmm. uh, take a listen to that, uh, it, it should be out later today or tomorrow. It's called uh, uh, Donald Trump's State of the Union and Our State of Mind. And I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think it's just an important message. You know, we we talked about you know some of that show and 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 some of the things I was thinking about after the uh, recent state of the union that he made and you know everything that's happened afterwards and during with nancy pelosi tearing up you know his, her copy of the speech and um people are really divided and people are really um you know hating on this guy even my wife said this morning she said i i think trump has brought everyone down uh to his level you know, mentally, the way everybody talks, the way everybody acts. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, uh, you know, I'm not a fan of the guy either. But, uh, you know, I said, you know, I, I really don't think so. And I and I said that for a reason, which we'll get into uh, a little a little bit uh, uh, later here on the show. But uh, just as a bit of a teaser, I would say, I don't think he's the devil. But I think he's the excuse everybody's using to act like the devil themselves. I hear you, Paul. As a matter of fact, I've done two shows this week already, one on the Super Bowl, which kind of ties into this, believe it or not, the way that people respond to things in general, just so negative. uh, And they seem to want to make everything a problem. Uh, And, uh, you know, uh, then I actually did a show that it came out today on my show, just thinking called deal with it, America, uh, that mentions Donald Trump and, and other things like that. Uh, you know, we, we've had bad politicians before, 
even though this guy is a, a wildly uh, uh, crazy character, you know, at this point in time. Um, but, uh, you know, similar kind of things. And I've always maintained, I've seen this in business when I was a, a very senior administrator for the, um, for the office of mental retardation and developmental disabilities now known as OPWDD. We had a very powerful administrator who was a really terrible person. And, um, you know, in terms of work and I, I was unbelievable, he would get away with murder. And uh, I'm telling a true story that I've never uh, told on the air before, but I can remember going into the director's office. And this is a very big agency. I was a chief of service um, at the time. And I said, uh, I want to resign my position and uh, retreat to another position. And the director was shocked. And he said, well, what in God's name for? I mean, people work their entire lives to get that position. I said, because the organization is completely out of control with this other guy. He is he's not bothering me. He's actually very friendly to me. I said, he's harmful to everybody in the organization. He's harmful to the staff that he works with and everything else. And uh, it was a lot like Donald Trump. I'm really not kidding you. And it always amazed me. It was like, if I did that, if anybody else did that, we'd be fired. Mm -hmm. We would have been called up on the carpet. And I said, it's ridiculous. I, I'm not going to sit another minute and see one more person hurt. You know what happened, Paul? Honestly? The guy was removed from his position and was demoted to a, a treatment team leader position. And, uh, you know, uh, which was uh, quite a demotion from his other rank and everything else like that. And I don't think that probably 95 percent of the people in the agency ever knew how he got knocked off. But it was by me. And, and he we remained actually kind of friends afterwards. He respected me for that, for standing up to him. And uh, I think my point being is the problem was not just his. He was only one person. He was all these people in authority, peers, colleagues, people who worked underneath him, staff members. I mean, people could have just revolted and just gone to the human services. I mean, human resources managers said, we're not going to work. You file a union grievance. Uh, the director of the program, everybody else did not have the same level, uh, an embarrassment quotient that this guy had, which is the point that I'm trying to make. And it was not him who was necessarily to blame. He didn't have a pistol over anybody. It was the weak-mindedness and the weakness of the people in our organization. They could deal with all kinds of things and kick everybody's ass. But this particular guy, he just had he was a crazy character. He was he was embarrassing, would act in all kinds of crazy ways like Donald Trump. And even hardball administrators who could do what they needed to get done just didn't know how to handle him. And it was really simple. All it was was just saying, no, I'm not going to take your shit anymore. You know, it's like the well, Republican Party with Donald Trump or or, you know, or anybody else. They're, these guys, you know, that's all you hear is behind closed doors. They want nothing to do with this guy. But they're, they're afraid of him So because they get primaried, they kiss his ass in public. Well, what happened if they had a set of balls on them? And just said, give it your worst shot, man. Well, you know, back in the day, people uh, came up with solutions and took action. That's not something that uh, apparently we don't do anymore anywhere. We just... Yeah, uh, you know, seethe and hate and, you know, yes. go crazy. Yes. And that was my point. Thank you for letting me, uh, you know, give a, a very true story. Uh, this person has been deceased many years, uh, has no family in the area. So I, that's the only reason I tell that story. Um, you know, uh, there might be a, a friend of mine who worked in the agency who listens to it, who may know who I'm referring to, but it would not harm anybody or their family or their memory in any way. It's not meant to be disrespectful. I just want to let people know that. But uh, you're exactly right, Paul. You know, uh, there were people, I was one of them that was saying, I'm just, I'm not going to tolerate that. Money is not the big issue to me. I'm not going to work in an environment like that. So do you think as I do, do you think that the problem uh, with this guy being the devil you know, being a devilish person, and I do think he's a very bad man. He does lots of bad things. He's a very ignorant person. I think that he is completely enabled by, you know, about 50% of the American population here. Well, it's, it's uh, you know, 
uh, shoe on one foot or the other. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think there's a big picture that, that people miss with all of this. And uh, I, I mentioned this on my show, but in case folks, uh, you know, uh, don't listen uh, to the spirit side or don't want to, I'd, mm-hmm. I'd like to reiterate here because I, I think this is important. Mm-hmm. You know, everything that's going on right now, this this isn't new. You know, like mm-hmm. when, when my wife right. said this morning, when my wife said this morning, oh, you know, Donald Trump's bringing everybody down you know, to his level, you know, Nancy Pelosi's tearing up the speech and, you know, this person said this and that person said that. And I said, I don't, I don't think that's the case at all. He's he's just the excuse they're using for the bad behavior. And uh, I, I'm, I'm sure you remember this, Stan, that, you know, this started probably in uh, the early mid 90s when political correctness became a thing. Uh, it was suddenly uh, the world was changing. You know, we had a bunch of people out there. Don't say Merry Christmas. Don't say this. Don't say that. You know, don't, mm-hmm. uh, you know, don't bring your uh, your religion or, you know, you can't even bring, you know, the Bible or the Quran or wear religious jewelry in school or on the job. I understand your point. Sure. Yeah. Every Everything was starting to get offensive to one another. Everybody was being shut up. Don't speak your mind. Don't do what you do. Uh, you know, keep everything in the closet because... You know, you're, you're going to offend somebody. And uh, this really snowballed. Uh, what I noticed is, is, is I really got, uh, I think I got, I got the internet around 19. No, actually, it was about two, 2003 when I finally broke down and got the internet. And, uh, you know, just being on there, if I would read articles or uh, you know, comment on something on on uh, you know uh, a web page. You you saw even then. You, you know, even in the early two thousands, the you know they called them the keyboard warriors, the people that just hated and had you know something to say about everybody or everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that really took off um, about the time that Barack Obama came into office. Uh, I, I noticed uh, on the internet at that point. I, I you know, I, I was married to Dorothy. I was, you know, writing on this uh, this platform called uh, the Spiritual Forums online, mm-hmm. and it was for everybody. If you were Christian, if you were Muslim, if you were Buddhist, if you were New Age, if you were Wiccan, well, you know, whatever you were, even if you were agnostic, you could go on there, and there was a little, you know, a little section where you could mm-hmm. go and post your thoughts and your ideas. And people would just go in other people's sections, you know, oh, you're all a bunch of retards and you're all going to hell. You know, you all deserve to die. You know, all you Wiccans ought to be hung and burned like the old days, you know, and all this really hateful stuff. And um, it was also something I noticed, uh, you know, it was about that time I found YouTube and I, I would comment on a couple of videos. You know, nothing big. It might be something about a movie or or whatever. And you would see the same thing, you know, people coming on there and just, you know, bashing one another and hating one another. And, uh, you know, then you had the, the political arena. You know, you, you had Barack Obama in, in the White House. You had, uh, you know, more of uh, a liberal government. You had political correctness was kind of like, uh, you know, getting a little bit bigger. And, and, and underneath all that, you saw the air quotes conservatives, you know, they, they were very racist toward Barack Obama. They were mm-hmm. very hateful toward the uh, the liberals. You know, they were talking about, you know, the religious people, you know, that, uh, you know, Jesus is always going to come back and he's going to you know, fry these son of a bitches and send them all to hell because, you know, they're godless blankety blanks and, you know, civil war, get our guns and do this. They should be shot. And so it, it, it was the seething underbelly that was always there. And I told numerous people, I even told my wife, I said, I've seen this kind of thing online for a while now, since about 2003, when I got the Internet. And it's, it's really ramped up on all fronts. I said, and I'm wondering when this is going to spill over into real time, you know, where you're going out and you're encountering real people face to face who actually 
talk like this and treat one another like this and do it publicly. And now is the time. And, and, and Donald Trump is not the one who's making people do it. It's just the shoe on the other foot because now all the people and some of them are, are very, uh, yeah, their, their belief systems and uh, political belief systems need a, a definite overhaul. But these are the people that are all bent out of shape, that were all pissed off over Barack Obama, political correctness. You know, you're, you're shutting me up. You're shutting me down. You're destroying my country. You're destroying my culture. Now they have their guy in there. And so all this is really coming to the surface from the so-called conservatives and Republicans. And, you know, a lot of these people that call themselves liberals, they're, they're really, they're really no better because they're the people that sit here and, you know, always said, you know, all political correctness. Oh, we need to respect one another. We need peace and equality. Well, they don't because they'll still shut you down, you know, in a nanosecond. If you say one little thing that they don't agree with, no matter, you know, what it's about. And, you know, as I said, in, in the spirit side, this is where you have to be careful because first it was the people who supported political correctness and all of that sort of thing, oppressing people. And they were, some of it was very oppressive. You couldn't say, excuse my French, everyone, but you couldn't say jack shit without somebody trying to climb up your ass for it. You know, now we have the other thing, you know, people have Donald Trump in there, you know, the, you know, kind of the, uh, I don't, I don't know how, how you would describe, <laughs> you know, the, this group of people, but now they're pushing back now in the next election. If we get a more liberal Democrat elected, it's not going to make it go away. You know, this, this is not going to be something that all, oh, if we get the right people in power, uh, we're going to fix America. We're going to have peace. We're going to be okay. No, we're not. We're just going to go back to being the seething underbelly. But now I think the demons are at a Pandora's box, and we're not going to put it back. You, you see, know? I'm I was always I'm always I was always confused when uh, at the end of uh, President Obama's term, his second term, I was always very confused. With this election, with Donald Trump, when all of this kind of kind of stuff, this tremendous hatred started, and uh, I don't know where you were in the country, but I know where I was. I can remember 2007 and 2008. Our country w was one click away from a total disaster financially. Mm -hmm. The country was. Do you remember that? I do. It, it was so serious. They thought Wall Street was going to collapse. It was. It, people were frightened to death, and. I can remember President Obama coming in and people saying, nobody can do this task. It's, it's, it's impossible. The country's going to go belly up. And with his very steady hand, I think you would agree. My goodness gracious, he was the most admired person in the country for, you know, for, both, for both administrations. Would you concur with that? He had a tremendous popularity with people. However, he did have a certain segment of uh, of this religious right, uh, the Mark Meadows, the, the, the Tea Party, when they mm -hmm. came about this this particular deal, they created the you know this this hatred and with Mitch McConnell, uh, that where his his promise was, Obama's not going to have one fucking thing that ever gets passed. Mm -hmm. I never felt, I never felt pressured for eight years. I never saw po politics like this, even when McConnell wouldn't do anything. Um, it wouldn't let him pass anything or, you, you know, do anything else like that. I, I think McConnell is a, is a devil, to say the, you know, the least. He's a terrible person uh, and has done terrible things uh, in the country. But I never recall President Obama uh, fighting with anybody or, uh, you know, they were at death's blows or anything else. I, I never uh, was ever worried about his integrity uh, as a person. And I know he was a, a very beloved guy. He was very admired in the country. I'm not saying by every single person, 
but he was an extremely popular president. What I, uh, what I didn't realize, uh, and I think Donald Trump uh, has brought this out, is that people were warning for years and years and years that uh, they were warning the Republican Party, which is still going to happen to them. If not this election, they're, they are on the way out uh, as they knew it. The demographics of, of, of the country in terms of people of color are now in the majority. And this fright, this, we have a very racist country, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. The, the, the far right is fucking petrified of that. And I don't know what you think when I look at what's going on. It's crystal clear to me. They are loading up the Supreme Court. They're loading up the federal courts with everybody they can get in there. And one of the things that has to do with is, you know, abortion laws. And, uh, you know, they play into the religious right uh, with things like that. But they are loading up everything that they can do legally for white people or people who believe the same that they do for that mm-hmm. particular way of life. I'm being serious. And I, oh, I, I understand I that. The other thing that's being done is people with money are realizing uh, when people keep saying the economy's doing great, stupid, any economist knows you do, you never, you never, ever, ever will base the economic well-being of the country based on the stock market, right? Mm-hmm. Because not everybody owns stocks. Over 60% of the country can't, they can't handle a $500 bill. If it comes in, they go under. You have, uh, you know, wage growth with people. Uh, that hasn't happened. There's a there's even more of a transfer of money and wealth over to people that, you know, big business, corporations, whatever. You know, we've done stories on this a million times. I don't mean to sound like Bernie Sanders, but it's true. You've got three people in the United States, Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, and Jeff Bezos. Three fucking people own, have more wealth than 160 million other people over half the country. That's crazy. I know. That isn't a good economy. It's almost been a flat line in in actual wage growth. Uh, You know, when you look at the, you know, the cost of living and everything else, it's been a flat line for decade upon decade upon decade. The growth of money, the transfer of money to corporations, you're seeing the stock markets go crazy because they're buying back all of their own stocks. And now they're hedge funding. They're they're doing what they call. They're gobbling up. They're gobbling up all the money from the tax breaks. And Mm. then a guy like, you know, you know, I, I hope this is going to show in the direction that you might want to go, Paul. It's, I, I can't understand why middle class and lower middle class people or people trying to get into the middle class could possibly think that Trump is an option. As a matter of fact, some cons- a lot of conservatives, they're furious with Trump. He is the devil. Every time he gives a tax break to rich people and the stock market makes another trillion dollars. What do you think happens to our national debt? It's matched. It goes up a trillion dollars plus interest. It's like Mm. literally taking money that should come in from taxes legitimately from corporations to sustain our country. And then, boom, you you know, you give it to the rich. They gobble it up. They got the courts. They gobble it up. They got the, you know, the police forces. They gobble it up. They're bribing the military. They're bribing everybody. If you listen to that state state of the the, the the union last night, my goodness gracious. And you've got almost as much corruption in the Democratic Party as you do in the Republican Party, in my opinion. I was saying that to Ramona today. I'm not painting the Republican Party and, uh, you know, Trump as being the only devils here. But the people who vote these people in, whether they be, dem- you know, I, I'm sure there there must be some honest Republicans. And there must be some honest Democrats, but the vast majority of people, they're just I, interested I, in keeping their office and making more fucking money. I, I question all these people in Washington right now. I, I don't know how honest any of them are. I agree. It, I think it, we need a third party. But it's 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 absolutely ridiculous. And I, and I think and I, and I hope some of the people listening to this show will will finally get 
the the thought that that we need to stop as i always say you know and i i say this on my show all the time we need to stop looking for leaders we need yes. to stop looking for people to tell us yes. what to believe how to vote how to live how to speak you know there there's so many people that uh, you know are just looking for that that uh, that leader figure in their lives and once upon a time it was religion you know i'm a protestant i'm a catholic i'm a this you know i'm a that you know people looking up to pastors priests and televangelists like they were the uh, you know the the savior of the world now with uh, religion kind of uh, on the uh, the decline you know especially uh, a lot of the problems with organized religion it really seems to have switched to you know where where politicians are now the new heroes the new saviors the new leaders that everybody's looking to for answers and that everybody just like they had religious wars now they're having political wars no it's my party no it's my guy no it's this and we need to get rid of that shit but because Paul, you, you, know, you i'm sorry you you made a point earlier you know about uh, you know the people you know there, there's more people of color in america right now yes so the people are really uh, running to try to to benefit the old you know you know white man's american way and you know that that goes right along with this you know we we need to knock that shit off because okay. you think about it you you think about it really hard if you're listening to this show if you're one of these people whether it's white america white power whatever the case may be i don't care if it's white power black power hispanic power gay power whatever it is if you start getting too high on your horse, I want my rights. I want what I want. And all you other son of a bitch is better, you know, bend the knee and follow what I want. Mm -hmm. We're all trying, we're all trying to cut one another in the back. We're all trying to take away one another's rights. We're divided. We hate one another. So, okay, Mr. You know, and, and I'm a white guy. So you know, I, I can say this loud and proud, you know, Mr. White America, white power. You're going to get your guy, your politician, your leader, your savior in, in power. But how long do you think that's going to last? Things change. People change. Countries change. Times change. Leadership changes. Now what's going to happen if somebody else and some other group gets their guy or their gal in, in power, and it's somebody that you've been oppressing, somebody that you've been putting down, somebody you're prejudiced against, somebody whose rights you're still trying to take away, well, they're going to do the same thing to you. There's never going to be peace. Well, there's there's some there's some responsibilities that people have, though, Paul, and I think that was one of the points that we wanted to make on the show, and why I'm but I gave that story in the beginning, and I said the person that we had removed from their position because they didn't act responsibly in that position was that was generated by an action that I took based on my values and my understanding of the organization's mission statement. Mm -hmm. And I'm not trying to get lost in the weeds here for people. You know, people sit, uh, when I'm a, when I functioned as a psychologist many times, the first thing I'll do after I get to listen to somebody else saying, what are your goals and objectives? What are your values? How do you feel about things? You know, if you do marital therapy, you know, you, husband and wife are having problems. Lots of times they have different values. They have a different understanding of what a marriage should be like. Well, I have friends who don't believe in any kind of government at all. And I say, I, I can understand that if there's three people living on an island. But when you've got 320 million or 340 million people, you, you've got to find a way to get along with other people. And you've got to, you know, to, to find some way of having equity or whatever. But it doesn't start with a leader. I agree with you, Paul. It starts with people themselves asking some very intelligent questions to themselves mm -hmm. and saying, you know, like, I know you meditate every day. So do I. And I'm serious. People say, oh, come on. Are you serious, Stan? What are you meditating about, for Christ's sake? Get, I'm still wanting to understand who I am as a person, how I relate to the world. Uh, am I doing a good job of things with my family and friends? 
Am I uh, am I being a good steward in life to other people? Uh, you know, if I do a show like this, is it a vindictive show or is it a helpful show? Is it entertaining? Is it honest? I don't think that there's a I don't think that people think about that stuff anymore. Mm-mm. I think that tons of people, they think that's foolish. And I know as an administrator in, in, in work and a very seasoned administrator in work, I'm in charge of large programs. I'm not boasting here. I'm just trying to give you a background with me. The first thing I would do is team building exercises and sit down with everybody and have exercises and say, you know, what are your values? What are your goals? What do you think our job is? Who does what around here and why? Why do you do that? You know, it's like when I worked as a psychologist and, you know, different regulations have been in about things to try and help people. Other people didn't, you know, they tried to circumvent that. And I'd say, you know, what do you think your job is here? What's your role? What do you what, what do you think this person's value is? What do you think you're part of that uh, of that process? And when I see people nowadays, whether it be uh, let's take abortion or something like that. And that, you know, whether you're pro or con for, for that kind of thing, can't you understand both sides of that, that, that question? Can't you understand that some people have a, a terrific problem saying that I'm going to terminate life, you know, just because it may be inconvenient to me? Mm-hmm. Can't people understand that? And can't people understand the other point that other people are saying, I'm going to do this because I'm incapable. I don't have the finances. I don't have the skill set. I don't have the desire. I don't, you know, whatever. You know, I feel I have the right. Can't people understand that people also have those points of view? But the but the point is, you, you have to have some self-examination. When we see the stuff that goes on in our country, when we see the way that we tra- treat other people, uh, you know, uh, one way or the other, D- do people really sit down and uh, I'm going to I'm going to use a Christian thing, uh, you know, f- right out of the New Testament, you know, of not casting the first stone of looking and seeing what your intentions are. Do you fall short, fall short of the mark many times? Would it be wiser to be forgiving to try and create understanding than rather than the great division with somebody? What would have happened with all Donald Trump's nastiness and craziness? Was it capable? Would it have been appropriate for his fellow Republicans and, you know, who are good people, uh, if there are any or any good Democrats to maybe sit privately as mature people and saying, hey, man, this guy's off his rocker and have a private meeting with him and saying, hey, Donald, you know, you're a great guy, but maybe you don't understand this system, you know, or we want to be on the guardrails. We'll work with you, but let's do it in a nice way. Don't politicians do things like that, Paul? I mean, even criminals do that. Even criminals do that. They'll sit down at a meeting and saying, we're working against each other. Can't we? We're not going to kill each other. But now you've got you've got people. They don't do any of that. And the common man who puts these people in these positions, they're not thinking of any of this. They're not thinking of their value. They're thinking of one thing. And I think that you can I think that you know what it is. It's friggin' money. Mm. It's money and whatever the, is the most important thing in their way of life. They do not want their um, their history, their values, whatever it is to change. It could be a Confederate flag. It could be uh, you, you know it, it, it you know it could be something from a Latino group. It could be whatever. And things are changing so fast and furious. People will not sit down. And really evaluate, you know, what their values are. And you touched on it. I'm, you know, people are going to think I'm old fashioned. You can't take away everybody's philosophical values and ability to, to, to have people. You can't take away their religious and spiritual beliefs or debunk them and make people feel like they're an idiot because they believe in, in, in theological concepts. You know, and, and, and we shouldn't, and I don't know no. why some people think that they have to. And, and that's why, I mean, if, if, I mean, there's always been, you know, prejudiced, you know, people and all of that nonsense, you know, but, but it was really, uh, you know, as far as I know, and you can correct me if, if I'm wrong, but it was, it was that whole political correctness movement that really just started dividing lines and people and classes and color and religion. 
And that was everybody. to patronize people, Paul. That was to get votes. That's like yeah. telling black people, I believe in reparations or things like that. I understand how black people feel about that. They're grabbed over here. We, we're not in any position where we can make, in my opinion, where we can make reparations to African-Americans. Those days oh. are long gone. I mean, you can do other things to equal the playing field uh, and, and try to, to make up uh, things that, that people should have where they've been denied things and, and other groups of people, American uh, Native Americans and other people, you know, but Americans don't want any of that. But when people when people say that and become politically correct, uh, you know, and uh, are putting pressure on they're not relevant things to the majority of people. No, and, and you know, people, as you said, they should be allowed to have their religion. They should be able to sure. have their, their, their culture. They should be able to have their things. They should be able to, to share those things. You know, I, you know, I don't have an issue with that. No, nobody did back in the day when Kwanzaa was, you know, becoming a thing. You know, mm-hmm. nobody. Oh, what the hell is that? You know, I mean, there were a couple overly religious people that might say that, but you know, it, it's it's like a no brainer that why can't we just uh, get along, respect one another? Mm-hmm. Nobody, nobody has to lose anything. We can enrich one another by learning mm-hmm. from one another. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you know, sit, sitting down with Donald Trump, you know, just just being nice to one another. You know, here here's a story I I, I never told you, and I, I've I've never told uh, on any podcast. This was back in probably the mid '80s. There was a, a store. I don't know how many people remember or where you are in the world. It wasn't a grocery store. Uh, they, they sold uh, you know clothes, jewelry. Uh, it was it was kind of like a, you know a Kmart before they had the uh, the grocery centers and you know, the, the big Walmarts and Kmarts, but the store was called, called Caldors. Oh, sure. It was like John's bargain store. Yeah. And uh, our, our movie theater was right next to, you know, attached to the Caldors building. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, Caldors was the place everybody would go on like Friday, Saturday night. You know, you went there, you went to the movies, you know, you know, guys would cruise around in their cars, you know, and pick up, you know, girls, you know, it was just a thing. And I don't know how it got started, you know, but it was, hey, let's go to Caldors and, you know, see what's up. And it started uh, after a while that it wasn't safe to go to Caldors because there was always these big uh, race, uh, race battles that were going on, you know, black guys against, you know, white guys. Mm-hmm. brawling in the parking lot people were getting hurt people were getting stabbed you know a couple times uh you know there were people that were actually killed you know in these things and uh, i went there uh one day and there was a friend of mine that they actually hired security you know to do the uh you know patrol you know through the the caldor's parking lot and try mm-hmm. to keep the peace but they they couldn't when this started the the security guys would actually just go inside the caldor store uh-huh. And, you know, call the police. They wouldn't get involved. So I had a friend there who worked security and I went there one day and, uh, you know, uh, I'm talking to him. I was, I was by myself. I don't know what I was there for, whether I was going to Caldors or I just stopped by to see him. And he said, man, you know, if, if I were you, I'd, I just, you know, get in my car and get out of here because there's another big, you know, uh, you know, race brawl that's about to start. I'm like, well, why? And, you know, how do you know? And he's like, look over there. And there's this group, you know, very, rather large group of, you know, black guys standing in front of the store. They, they had the radio and there were these cars, you know, there was a group of guys in a pickup and another, you know, kind of beat up jalopy kept circling around the store. They would pass, you know, and they would yell out racial slurs. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I'm looking and I recognize the, the one guy, uh, you know, one of the black guys, he worked in the local record store <laughs> and. And uh, I used to go in there and talk to him all the time about music. You know, he liked different kinds of music. Hey, anything good this week? What's up? You know, we're pretty friendly terms with him. So I said, you know what? I'm going to go over there and I'm going to take a chance on something. You know, I just might get my ass handed to me or be in the the hospital after this, but I'm going to give it a whirl. I walk right in the middle of this group of, you know, some of these guys were big, you know, 
And uh, I just walk over there and I turn off the radio and every head just turns. They're all looking at me like, you know, you know, they're going to kill me. And, uh, you know, I, I, I took the chance that the guy that I knew might stick up for me if, if somebody tried to kick my ass, but he, he didn't have to. I just reasoned with them. I said, you know, guys, look what's happening here and look, you know, what's going to happen. You know, you, you're about ready to get into, you know, another one of these big brawls that everybody hears about, you know, in the Caldors parking lot. For what? Look at these guys that, that are driving by yelling this stuff. I mean, some of them, you know, this one guy, he must have been about 85 pounds, you know, greasy, long hair, no shirt on, looked like he drove off the, uh, you know, the, the dirty dozen farm, you know, yelling this stuff out. I said, is, is this worth one of you getting hurt going to jail? I said, it's not, you know, they're, they're running around, you're driving around yelling racial slurs. Mm -hmm. I said, but you know, who is the, you know, blankety blank, you know, to me where I came from, that just used to mean somebody that, that, that was a real dirt bag. I said, and who's the dirt bag? You know, you guys are all clean. You got nice clothes. I said, well, look at these fucking idiots, mm -hmm. you know, and, and something, you know, I, I went on for a bit and, and, and they actually listened, mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, the one guy who was like, you know what, he, he's right. Let's just take our music elsewhere, guys. And they, they got their shit and they, they left, they left the parking lot. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just an example that if you use a little bit of reason, you care about other people, you know, you don't want to see people get hurt or hurt somebody else. And you're legitimate. You're nine times out of 10. I think people are going to listen. They're going to respond to that because you, they know you're not against them. You don't hate them because of their color or their religion or their pro political persuasion. And you see, I was going to say sometimes Paul, and sometimes the culture changes, you know, uh, even as bad as it might've been there for racial things, there might've been, you know, I don't know when this was, whether it was, this was the eighties or the nineties or, or this the 80s. Yeah, that the culture progresses on and it becomes a little darker uh, in some areas. Uh, it would be like racial things in the 50s or 40s or 60s. It was pretty dark. People would do just dreadful things. I mean, you'd have people laughing at a lynching of, a, of an African-American person. But, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of, of symptoms and signs of things that we see in our culture and I'm not looking for bad stuff, but on the other hand, I don't put blinders on. I like to, I call it as I see it. I may be wrong, but the the thing that uh, that I've had in two shows, and he got the uh, Medal of Freedom last night, uh, was Rush Limbaugh mm. uh, at the uh, at the State of the Union. And number one, it, he was it, it was another ploy. There, you know, uh, Trump's call, you know, he's having a black mother with her daughter, reuniting a military guy with his family, a dead soul. It was, it was very upsetting to see people being used as as props, you know, to manipulate people. But uh, this thing with Rush Limbaugh, in case anybody listening here doesn't uh, know, he's a, a very conservative talk show host and he has his admirers and he has lots of detractors as well. He's very, um, you know, he's, you're either one way or the other. You love or hate this guy. But he has been diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. Mm. And, he's, and he's 69 years old. And this comes out. I, I actually did a show on this uh, where I, I took quite a bit of time and said, what the hell is the matter with you? You have people all over the Internet uh, wishing death on this guy. Everything. Fuck you. Good for you. It's karma. There was a person on the Binghamton Press here today, Paul. You live in, in town. Oh, actually, it was my friend's. Uh, excuse me. I take it back. It was a friend's uh, post who's a social worker, a lovely woman, a, a holistic medical health practitioner says, well, I don't you know, I know he's got cancer, but I think this is karma. You know, like he has a bad voice, so it's being taken away. It's mm. like, what the hell? Uh, I actually, I, I never respond to these things, but I responded to the one on the press connection from the Binghamton Press. And there's all mm -hmm. these people saying this. And I said, I said, I, I don't want to like, uh, you know, get into a big uh, deal with people. I said, but what are you thinking when you're wishing cancer and death 
on uh, a talk show host or a radio host. You know, I even have family members. I hate to say it. We said, I hope he fucking dies. I hope he fucking dies. The things he said about the kids, uh, you know, uh, when the shooting at Parkland and him and that, uh, you know, that other guy, um, uh, you know, the other guy, Jones, who got bumped mm. off the air or whatever it is. Uh, in that oh, guy, yeah, Alex. Alex, yeah, Alex yeah. Jones. But the point being is even with that, are, are, I actually had a assassin. Like, don't you understand that when you have a value system like that, when you say things like that, that you know, it, it's a it's a thing that destroys you. It's like the old thing, like with a vendetta. When you when you you know the old, uh, I think it's a Buddhist one actually. It says if you're going to engage in vendetta, dig two graves. One for the person you're going to bump off, and the other one is for yourself. And that's a very moral question that you have to sit and think about. But do people do that? No. They, by the droves, wish this guy death. Now, I, know. Just, I was just going to say, you know, just to finish up a point, have you ever heard me on a show ever once? I mean, didn't I give as many negative things as you could possibly imagine about Mitch McConnell and Donald Trump and Nick Mulvaney or Republicans or this guy? Have you ever heard me say, I hope that fucking guy drops dead. I hope somebody shoots him. Uh, it, it, the best thing would be is if he fell down the stairs and broke his neck. Or Never. No. Never, no. never on, never on the show and never in real life. As no. As you, I, I, and you disagree. I, you've, you've never no. wished death or harm on anybody. No. As a matter of fact, when I take my meditative uh, periods during the day, I like to have a ritual. Or I like to light a candle, like a votive. I like to have a couple of different things. You don't have to be a Christian to do that. You don't have to have any uh, particular belief system. You can just do that on a philosophical, uh, meditative, uh, healthy uh, perspective, being one with yourself or the universe or whatever, or just taking a few moments to think about good values. I, I, I'm trying to think the best for people. I wouldn't want a hair on that crazy guy's head hurt. I'm talking about the president, you know, the guy with the really bad hairdo. <laughs> I wouldn't want his wife injured. I don't want nasty pictures of her on the Internet. I don't want to see him exposed for Stormy Daniels or anything else, you know, whatever. Uh, you know, if, he, if he's accountable for that and, and everybody, that's between him and his wife. That's between him and the law or whatever it is. And if he gets caught for something or if he if he would have been impeached, the first thing I would have said is how sad that is when anybody falls, you know. It is. It is. It is. When somebody goes to jail, somebody gets sick, somebody fails in life, somebody disconnects from from being a decent human being. And you say, that's it. Good for the bastard. He got what he deserved. Do you want to get what you deserve in life? I think I'm a pretty good person, but I really wouldn't want to get what I deserve. Would you want to get what you deserve, Paul? No, because I think we all have some, uh, some bad karma point. that's floating around out there. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes, it's not. I, I don't think that's a healthy thing to do. And I think you see that, uh, you know, it, it could be with a, I did a thing on the halftime show. It could be with J-Lo and this Shakira, you know, just dancing around. You know, they're Latina women. They're doing, oh, they're fucking, it's a fucking jiggle show. It's like, what? That's part of their culture. That's part of the dance. You know, you know. You mean they can't get up? They work their ass off to do that stuff. They're oh, entertainers. That's, that's what I they... mean. You know, all, yeah. all of this, uh, the keyboard warriors are now coming yes. into real life because this is this is live and in action, you know, because of, you know, what's what's happening politically. And we need to we, we need to stop it. You know, like yes. I said, I'm, and, and I'm not a fan of uh, Rush Limbaugh either. I've, I've never have been. No, um, that doesn't mean, oh, is is Paul James Caden a liberal? Well, no, I'm not. I don't even really give a rat's ass about politics. You know, I'm, I'm one mm -hmm. of those people when, when the election comes up, I try to choose the best person who I think makes the most sense. Yes. Uh, you know, I don't care, you know, for everybody, not just me. Or, or, are they for me? I think about the country. Yes. And I'm one of those people. And, and I know some people agree when it becomes like the lesser of two evils. I'm one of those people that ask myself, do I want to go vote for the lesser of two evils? Because evil is evil. I don't even know if I want to be bothered. Now, I haven't 
bowed out of, you know, going and casting my vote, but I've, I've seriously considered it at certain times. I don't give a shit if they're Democrat, Republican, or, or what they are. If, mm-hmm. if they're both evil, they're both evil, you know? And I, that's I, an interesting I think, thing. That should be another show because yeah. you know, sometimes you have to yeah. be pragmatic. That's a very interesting, and that's part of that values I was talking about. Or, you know, are you going to be pragmatic? It's like saying, hey, I've got cancer. And somebody says, yeah, got, we've got to take your legs off. And you say, I don't want to have to, you, you know, that happens every day to people. Mm-hmm. You know, with uh, circulatory problems or diabetes. And so says, yeah, we're going to, you know, when my wife was in the hospital, they had a woman right next to her. They were cutting her leg off because of diabetes. But some people say, I'm not walking around with that. I'm like, well, uh, you know, that's not fun, but I've got to be pragmatic. I've got to be practical. Should I should I give this a whirl and try and, you know, live and die of infection or should I get my leg cut off? Mm-hmm. They're, they're not two pleasant options, are they? No, not really. Yeah. Or somebody else might say, hey, it's probably not going to make a difference anyway. I, I think I'll keep my leg and uh, die in one piece. <laughs> There are situations like that. People have terminal cancer and they say, I don't want any fucking surgery. Hard my bad language. Yeah, I'd rather live six months less and I don't want to be cut up from stem to stern suffering. So that's a that's a very interesting thing. You know, what do we do? How do we make choices when the choices are not good choices? You know, what do you do when you have a, a, a not such a good person in office? You know, what do you do when you you don't know what you're talking about? Uh, or you're only motivated by money. You know, there's a senator today, uh, actually, somebody who's actually doing something right. He's a Democratic senator. His name is Doug Jones from Alabama. He won a very interesting election uh, in Alabama, which is a completely Republican state. And he's a Democrat and he won uh, by a little bit. Now, if he plays it smart, like Senator Joe Manchin from uh, West Virginia and says, oh, we just censured President Trump, uh, he'll probably keep his voters. You know, the people who switch from Trump and switch to him and uh, he'll stay a senator when the election comes up in November. However, if he's honest and votes what he thinks that he should vote vote based on the information. Now, Trump is going to be acquitted. He might have been acquitted already. I mean, while we're doing this show, they're having the Senate hearing there. But you get my point, Paul. He doesn't have to tell the truth. He can just say, I'm going to vote or, you know, for acquittal, you know, and he'll get probably reelected. He just stood there and uh, was talking about his father and talking about his values and talking about his religion. And he several of the historians on uh, on the news were saying, well, there's a profile in courage. He doesn't have to do that. But he doesn't want to lie. He wants to be authentic. He wants to be truthful. He wants to live his values. He's thought about the consequences. And I, and I think that's the, you know, that's the, the good things that when we would, you know, when I used to do mind, body and spirit, you do on the spirit side. Those are the things that we need to pay more attention to ourselves, our spiritual side, if we have one. Are we really doing the right thing? Not just the practical thing, you know, or are we, you know, doing the right thing? Are we, and if you're not spiritual, if you, are you doing the right thing philosophically? Are you doing the right thing by a, a, a sense of fair play and goodwill and good stewardship to other people? Yeah, right. Right is right. And wrong is wrong. And that's, that's sometimes, exactly, yes, that's exactly, uh, you know, the point I made on, on the spirit side, we, we have to start making we have to think about these things and we have to start making better judgment calls, better moral calls, you know, individually thinking about these things. And if you're one of these people that say, well, uh, because I'm, because I'm a white American and I want all these people of color to go away or to be oppressed. Uh, so we need another Donald Trump. Uh, well then you're, you're thinking along the lines of hatred. Mm-hmm. You're still not on the right path, just the way if if you're a religious person, well, you know, I want this person or these people in power because they'll help my religion, uh, you know, become more culturally acceptable uh, and phase these other ones out. Uh, you're still, you know, if if you're tipping the scale in either way, or you think you're making a right call or a right judgment call or a right moral value call, and 
it it's geared toward hurting or oppressing another person, you're already on the wrong road. Because mm-hmm. it, ha- it has to be what is right and what is good for all of us. Because then we're just going to keep oppressing one another over and over. And, it, you know, it, it doesn't stop until there's some kind of collapse in society, martial law, you know, the, the whole system just falls apart. You know, somebody gets in who says, well, you know what, you bunch of animals. Now you're going to lose the right to vote because, you know, you don't know how to act anymore. So we're, we're, we're going to appoint a leader for you. You, you don't know what could happen mm-hmm. if you, if you keep up that kind of toxic mentality. And this, this is a, you know, one of the points that, that, that we were talking about before we did the show, what is that toxic mentality? What is it doing to society? What is it doing to the world? And what is it doing to you as an individual? You can't, you can't put out things like hate and oppression and, you know, just foul speech w- wishing death on people because, you know, they have a different value system or political persuasion than you do. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you use that, uh, that Buddhist, uh, you know, proverb earlier, you know, and, and they're all over, you know, you, you look at the Bible, Old Testament cast your bread upon the water after many days it will return to you you reap what you sow in the new testament you know in the quran you have you know those who you know make mischief and do evil on the earth and turn from the righteous way of you know of of god uh, there's a disease in their heart and that disease will spread not by the doing of god but by the person's choice and it will it will lead them uh and their society into ultimate collapse and destruction if you know people emulate that behavior so it's through all the religion and religions and philosophies and it's the truth you know people should i'm sorry paul i was just going to say what what are we going to do to our countries our societies our world our families our own personal mental physical and spiritual well-being if we keep pumping out this kind of toxic rancid hatred where everything and everybody is just criticized and ranked on and hated it's not going to go well and if you think it is i mean have a nice day with that but it's not and you You know you need to think about that the people need to think about that and if they have children they need to think about the society that that's setting up for their children in the future because it's not going to be pretty you know, Paul, in the 60s and 70s and 80s, uh, they had many great directors, and movies can be very instructive. As a matter of fact, when you work on clarifying values or you, you work with groups of people, famous movies are, are really, really good for a group of people to watch and then comment on like we're doing, saying, what are the values attached to them? And I, uh, many years ago in my organization, uh, we had a guy... John Worley from Harvard University and came up and I became very good friends with him. And he agreed with me on that. And uh, he, he used that a great deal in these big workshops he would do all over the world by having people watch a movie, you know, like Sophie's Choice, for example. What would you do if you had two kids? You had to choose between the two of them. You could keep one. What would you do? You know, would it be a little boy or a little girl? You remember that picture? Won all kinds of Academy Awards. There were three pictures. And I would suggest to our audience that people take at some time, you can get them, and uh, they're done by very, very famous directors. The first is 12 Angry Men, and it's with Henry Fonda and a bunch of all-star people. It's been a play and a movie, and it's about being a critical thinker in a jury, that things aren't always as they seem. And the whole point of the story is the guy starts, everybody is against, convict. everybody's for convicting this kid except one guy. And he says, hey, you got to show it to me. And it's this movie where one by one, they all realize this kid is innocent. But most of the time, people just go in, they want to get the hell out of there and they convict people because they're in a hurry and they don't stick to their values. That's that movie. Mm-hmm. The next one is Judgment at Nuremberg. And it's a lot like the things we were talking about. It's about people doing wrong things. It's about the people in Nuremberg, uh, judges after, uh, you know, being judges for Nazi Germany. And one guy is Burt Lancaster, the famous actor. He's this famous judge who's there and he's being tried. 
as a war criminal because he would convict people, uh, you know, uh, of, of crimes they didn't commit. And the famous actor Spencer Tracy is somebody who has admired him, you know, for his hearings all before the law and his briefs and everything else like that, but winds up being a judge in the trial. And anyway, this guy gets convicted. And at the end, he wants to see Spencer Tracy. It's a three and a half hour movie that goes on all the bullshit lines of rationalizations. It's just like watching politics today. And you almost like Burt Lancaster because he is, portrays himself as this honorable guy. He's not like it. And he says to Spencer Tracy in, in the end, he says, you must know, he says, I was trying to do the right thing uh, at this time. He says, but where did I go wrong? And you expect Spencer Tracy to give this big, long speech like I'm giving about what he did wrong. And he said, Judge Janice, he says, you went wrong the first time you convicted an innocent man and you knew he was innocent. And the movie ends on that. Mm. Boom. Three and a half hours, it's all reduced to one sentence. I hope you got goosebumps when I said that. Because it's as simple as that. He rationalized everything else, but the first time he 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 lied and somebody got hurt and he knew better. He fucked up. He was guilty. And the third one is a famous play about the Scopes Monkey trial, about evolution and science and all that stuff that's based on history and Clarence Darrow. And, and William Jennings Bryant, they had the Scopes Monkey Trial. And people in, uh, in uh, Tennessee, Hillsboro, uh, North Carolina or Tennessee, wherever the hell it was, Heavenly Hillsboro, they were all there and they were fighting like we are today with the people of the right and people of the left. And they could not come to agreement. And it's called Inherit the Wind on that biblical thing that says if you have a house divided amongst itself, if you have people fighting with one another and you create dissension, what does it say in either Proverbs or uh, Ecclesiastes? I forget which book it says. You inherit the wind. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's where I'm going to end my note on this show. That's where we're at right now. We are inheriting the wind. We are. We definitely are. But I don't think it's too late, man. You know, people have to um, they have to wise up. We're going to have to pay the price for a while, but they they have to want to change. And uh, I think this was a great show. Yeah, we, we covered a lot of different angles on this, and I think they're important ones. And I, I hope there's somebody out there that you will think about these things and maybe start changing the narrative in their own lives or you mm -hmm. know their social circle or family. You know, we're, we're never going to get anywhere, you know, if we just keep pumping out the hatred. You know, it, you know, we, we can we can sum it up uh, like the end of that movie, just the, the point that was made earlier that, you know, how do we change things? Why can't we just sit down and say, you know what, how do we all work together? Actually, yes. I don't how think do it's we, complicated. How do we all be happy and just have our religion, have our views, have our political views, but how do we just work together so we all have a nice country, a nice life? We don't have to worry about offending one another all the time. You know, let's just meet in the middle and start making things better. It's, I feel it's really that simple. But if you're going to try to meet in the middle, nope, can't do that. Nope, can't do that. Nope, won't do that. Then you might as well forget about it. You have to give and take you just can't take well that's true well what do you think paul is it a wrap i think it's a wrap i think we've uh i think we've uh blown our our proverbial uh wad here <laughs> oh jesus <laughs> <laughs> can we say tooted down. our horns long enough rather than blown our watts <laughs> <laughs> I apologize I to all of you people with sensibilities for that one. It's usually me who makes that statement. But I'm telling Paul's wife, my lovely niece Dorothy, what he said at the end of this show. They'll, you know they'll, be, we will inherit the wind in our family. And you know what? If I offended anybody out there, I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I just uh, a, a better, a better uh, saying escaped me at the moment. I'm, I'm a little foggy and fatigued this afternoon. That's true. Those are my two lawyers, foggy and fatigued. <laughs> <laughs> but all that aside, I think everybody knows how to reach us. Paul, they can get you at Nocturnal Magic. 
They can get me at gmail.com, Stan Wangland. And you've got your wonderful shows on there, the spirit side and, uh, and, and, and a hundred other shows. And I have just thinking, and then we have our wonderful show here, the people under the stairs. So please rate and review the show. And if you like it, send us a message. Anything else you'd want to say, Paul? No, just, uh, I, I wanted to say real quick on both of the podcasts, I always invite people to, you know, they can email me or look me up on social media or, friend me on Facebook and send me a message. Um, if, if you do that, uh, do me a favor. If, if you message me on social media and let me know that you're someone that you're reaching out because you listen to one of the podcasts, because I get uh, quite a lot of messages quite often from people that uh, I don't know if there's a, these individuals that are just looking to hack your account or whatever they're doing. And they'll just write and say hi or hello. And then you know, you look at the profile and, you know, there's really not much going on there sometimes. So just, uh, you know, if you reach out, let me know, say, Hey, you know, I listened to one of your podcasts. I'm just saying hello. Uh, then I know it's not one of these, uh, social media muckety mucks looking to, uh, make mischief and do evil upon the earth. <laughs> yeah. I've had that a lot since I've been podcasting too, Paul. It's a good comment. And for other people who just want to befriend us, I can only speak for myself if you want to in include a naked pictures. <laughs> no, I'm, te I'm teasing. Paul's the one who said, blow your wall. <laughs> yeah, now, now I'm offended. <laughs> no, I think you should be. I think you should be. There I am trying to solicit nude pictures. <laughs> yeah. Only if you're Shakira. But that's a whole other show. You're talking about our precious audience that way. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But I'm on medication for a sinus infection, so I'm claiming that I'm having some minimal brain damage here today. Could so I'm off foggy. Yeah. I'm, I'm foggy. But uh, with that, uh, we will catch you next week. So uh, be careful out there. Be well. And, uh, you know, uh, God bless to everybody. Uh, I hope things are going or will go well in your life. Thank you for listening to this episode of The People Under the Stairs. If you would like to reach out to the host of this show, please feel free to email Paul at nocturnalmagic at gmail.com. That's nocturnalmagic at gmail.com. And if you would like to reach out to Stan, please feel free to go over to his Twitter page and give him a follow at S. Wangland. That's at S-W-A-N-G-L-U-N-D. Or feel free to email him at swangland at gmail.com that's at swangland at gmail.com and please continue to check out all the new episodes of the people under the stairs every wednesday and every sunday on the reality check podcast network did you really think it was just guys that like to discuss and analyze wrestling I'm here to tell you there's a new chick in town. My name is Sunny Salem, and I am the host of That's What She Said. Get a female perspective of all the ins and outs of the wrestling business today. But don't worry, this isn't no prissy princess show. I hold nothing back. Check out That's What She Said on all major streaming platforms. Hey everyone, this is Stan Wangler from Just Thinking. Stop on by this week and listen to some of the great podcasts we have lined up for you. Two in particular are really good shows. One is called, Are We Driving Ourselves Insane? Well, are we? And the next one is called, Have You Been Having a Bad Day? Did You Have a Bad Day? Well, if you did, this is the show for you. And I bet you, when you get done listening, you'll feel a lot better. So join us.